This is the Sean Bean Podcast, a podcast that has nothing to do with Sean Bean. Ignorant Court, MP5, fires a standard 9mm. With your hosts, Jan and Jeffrey Andreas and Logan Olivier. Parabellum Ram, 30 rounds a magazine, 800 rounds a minute on floor. Quality. Oh yes, you know what was quality? The conference semifinals. Well, three of them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Islanders kind of got ripped off. Yeah, not playing on the island. Yeah, not them. playing at Nassau. Yeah. Man, that's a big difference. It is. Barclays Center sucks. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. They should get out of that arena deal. I don't think it's possible, but. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad for Islander fans. Um, well, not when they are playing the Leafs, but the rest of the time. That <laughs> <laughs> video. Um, <laughs> all right, so this is the oh, Sean Bean God. Podcast, the podcast that has nothing to do with Sean Bean. I'm Jeff, that's Logan. Yeah, we still haven't got Sean. He was going to make an appearance, but uh, we're still talking to his people. We'll get him on eventually. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's last season of Game of Thrones is almost over. I think he's dead. Is he dead? He's dead. Oh, of course he's dead. He's we Sean thought Bean. he was going to come back. He was in the crypts there, Ooh. but no. No. Are you up to date on the GOT? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a tentative fan, I will what say. What do they call them? Like Trek, Star Trek fans or Trekkies? And, or do you guys have a name? You like Thronies or something? I don't know. I belong to House Stark myself, but, uh, but I'm not going to get into it. Okay, we won't. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so the conference finals just finished, so let's just take a quick recap of our picks. So... Uh, I was two of two, and I believe you were also two of two. No, I was three for four. You were three? Yeah. I don't remember exactly who you picked, because I know I had. So the two I got right were St. Louis, check, and Carolina, check. Other two, wrong. Yeah, yeah. well, you went emotions for those yeah, two. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Totally did. Yeah. I'm going to do the same thing again. <laughs> I don't care. So I picked Boston to beat uh, Columbus. I was right. I picked Carolina to beat the Islanders. I was right. And I picked San Jose to beat uh, Colorado, and I probably should have been wrong on that one. Although, really, San Jose shouldn't have got out of the first round because of blown call. It's almost like the NHL wants him to win. Um, that probably they shouldn't have. Don't hit sh- the table. Yeah, Sorry. that that should have been a goal. In I the think Colorado so. Game. I mean, it was so close. Like, I'm still not convinced of what they saw. He looked like he was standing on the line. I didn't get it. I did appreciate his interview after the game, though. Like, it was legit. He took blame for it. He's like, you know what? I didn't think anything of it, but it wasn't my fault. Or it was my fault. Like, those were my skates. They were in the wrong spot. And that's on me, not on anyone else. I appreciated all that. Um, it was a, a, a post-game interview that I liked, unlike the night before, where there was a big jerk face who was acting like a jerk face. And we all know who it is. I don't need to talk about it. But Why, Marchand? Why? I hate that guy. You know, I do too, more often than not, but it, you can't not appreciate his skill, and it just annoys me. Oh, man, he's so good. Yeah, he's it's, so it's good. like Patrick Kane. Like, so good, but I hate you. You're a dickhead. It's who not, assaults... Not even comparable. Not even who comparable. Who assaults a cab driver for keeping 12 cents? Yeah. Yeah, that was like, a long time ago, though. Yeah, People change. Well, and People he's had some change. legal issues with some ladies. Wow, and... that one sounded pretty fishy, though, from both sides. Like Cops it's... don't charge people without sufficient evidence to charge people. Charge? He wasn't charged. Was he charged? No, he's he was arrested. No, he was never arrested. He was... Uh... He was charged. Let's not get into this. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Let's not get into this. Kane's right. a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> the captain of the United States hockey team. In the World Championships, which begin tomorrow in Slovakia, and uh, John Tavares will not be participating because while training for Team Canada, he had an oblique injury. Yeah, um, I gotta think this is just the being extra precautious. Yeah, you don't want to end up hurting yourself and then missing time. Like the Leafs are already now. Well, Dermot's got surgery now. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, um. I think, especially with Tavares in particular, when it comes to national events, I I always think about the time he broke his leg at the Olympics. And it's just sort of like, that crushed the Islanders' season. They were in a playoff spot, and then they just fell. Like, as soon yeah. as the Olympic break was over, I mean, he never played again that season. Yeah. So I think 
just the name of John Tavares in a Canadian jersey, just that one moment kind of haunts me a little bit. But I feel like it might be the same for the Leaf Brass. Like, you know what? You're not feeling good. If you're not 100%, you're coming home, buddy. You're coming home. I don't care. So that's all I think it is. I don't think there's anything major, but... Their sports science team is probably the envy of the rest of the league. You would hope so. Yeah, and and I think that even the players, I bet they're like, ooh, that doesn't feel right. And if they want to know for sure, they're going to go back home, talk to their team there in Toronto and see how things are going. I wonder what the um, scientific formula is for, like, if you're a, a really good AHL player with an ACL... And how good you are compared to a, a an NHL player who's like not great skill but is really hardworking and doesn't have an ACL. I don't know. And who could take better faceoffs? I'd be curious to know too. That <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not saying Hyman shouldn't have been playing at the end of that series, but I think he was put in a lot of situations he probably shouldn't have been if the guy can't even push with his left foot. Well, yeah. So um, or whatever. I actually, had a conversation about that with someone today and saying, like, maybe the sports science team in Toronto isn't as good as people think, considering two guys were playing and both need surgery. But I do think that it was a scenario where the doctors looked at it, looked at it again, double-checked, made sure, and they were probably, it was probably a scenario where, like, okay, you're not going to damage it any more than it's damaged. You're going to need surgery, um, but if you play... You're not going to hurt yourself anymore unless something insanely ha- weird happens, but you're going to need surgery. Well, there was clearly no concern about like a career ender or something like, hey, if you, Dermot, if you play with this shoulder, you might not have a shoulder at the end of the playoffs. So just weigh that out. You know, like, do you want to take this one shot at a Stanley Cup and waste the next 20 or 15 or whatever? Yeah. You know, obviously that, that couldn't have the been case. the case. Yeah. That couldn't have been the case or they wouldn't have played. Um, but I do... Okay, so both guys, obviously, if people don't know, Hyman uh, tore his ACL at some point in the playoffs, had surgery, will take about four to six months to recover. I'm going to say he takes six months. It's an ACL tear. Partial. Still. Yeah. Either way, it's going to take a while to get back from that. And uh, Dermot, shoulder surgery, from what I'm seeing, I thought it was four to six months, but from, from what I'm seeing, everything points to the six month as the, the shorter time frame at this point. That hurts. So... Uh, yeah, and especially because, like, if it was, like, a a Zaitsev or somebody like that, not that I want anybody to get hurt, but that's, like, a cap relief that you can use to your advantage to start the season. Dermot, you know, like, 930 grand. That doesn't help at all, really. No. Um, I do feel the Hyman one has the potential to see, like, a Brown who I just assumed was going to get traded and still might, whether it's part of a package, um, take that Hyman spot because they make about the same money, put Hyman on the IR to start the year, Brown slots into that role, and hopefully he can get 10, 12, or 10, 12 goals. Yeah, he's not going to get that many that fast. Five, six goals in the first month, and then you can send him off when Hyman's ready, do the whole Levo thing. Yeah, you, that that would be something that you could do. I just think yeah, next, next season is going to be tough. But you see, a lot of people are talking about next year, and now you have to just... A big move needs to be made. You gotta, you gotta shore up the defense. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. All mm-hmm. these things. Yeah, gotta make a big move. Trade Nylander. Trade Kadri. Trade Marner if he asks yeah. for too much money. All these things. I'm like, just calm down. Well, for like, sure, people do need to calm down. Yeah, we're extremism is the name of the game right now. But I, I just look at it, and when you, when the biggest issue, and if this issue could somehow go away, it probably won't. It almost certainly isn't going to. But if Marlowe wasn't on the books, there's no problems. Right. You give Marner the money he wants, maybe not Matthew's money, but if he wants $10 million, I'll give you 10 and a half for eight years, get you signed up, you're done. Right. That's great. Then you can afford to give Janssen and Kapanen your between two and a half to $3 million each, whatever it's going to take to get them signed or maybe even more if you can afford it. I don't know. Um, but you have no problems once Marlowe is gone. And Marlowe only has one more year left. Mm-hmm. So why blow up a major piece of your team just to get some overpriced older defensemen? Because really, who's available right now to get as a top pairing defenseman, which at least really do need to slot in next to Riley? 
that's not going to cost you way more than they're worth. Yeah, but it might not be a, a old guy. It could be a young guy. It could be a big hockey deal that we see being swung. And it could involve uh, one of those prospects, like a Lilligren or a Sandin, to up like take the spot that they're projected to take and speed it up by two years. I don't think Maybe. Sandin's getting traded, but Lilligren I could see being packaged as part of a trade to upgrade. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I'm not predicting this at I, all. But. I think now with Dermot injured, I could see him making the team next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And he's looked good. Um, I I've done enough cap friendly numbers, and I'm convinced a big trade. I'm not predicting what it's going to be is going to be made. I have no idea who or what it's going to involve. Uh, I assume it will be to get a defenseman because that is the only real position of need. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just it could, think might not be, but it could be a winger. It could be a you know. I just think a big trade involving multiple pieces from the current roster is going to happen, and I don't know what it is. I think it's doubtful that. Well, I think it's almost impossible that both Janssen and Kapanen are on the team next year. Yeah, unless unless you can get Kapanen like a year under two million, which you I don't think you're going to do. But you never impossible. know. He he's he's been very open about saying I'm willing to take. You know, a shorter term deal if it means that I can keep this team together. I want to be part of this team. Right. So he he's been on record saying that um, maybe he's a guy that would be interested in in taking a one year deal way lower than what you would think, um, only to capitalize on Marlowe being gone. At the same time, I'm looking at every player on the Leafs right now, and which player is the most replaceable, and it's. Kapanen. The only thing about him that you can't replace is obviously the speed. It's hard to replicate. Well, you got a lot of fast players. In yeah, I know, but I mean, I just mean in general. Like if you're if you're taking him out and putting someone in his spot, they're probably not gonna. They're gonna have a slight step downgrade, and um, his spot on the penalty kill. Obviously, penalty killers are. I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen. You can find them on free agency for not too much money, but yeah. I still like what he brings on the penalty kill. He's one of the only guys when he's out there, obviously Marner as well, where I feel like there's a real scoring threat. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily because he's a great goal scorer, just because he can blow past people. If he can get a half step and get past the defenseman on a loose puck or a dump or something, he can create a chance. And then that's one thing I would miss if Kapanen is gone is the ability to create offense on the penalty kill. Yeah. Like, in a perfect world, I don't want to trade him. Obviously. I think he's traded. Yeah. That's my projection. It it just um, seems because if if you move him, you have, you know, Bracco, in the minors that's killing it in the playoffs right yeah. now. I still think that he needs one more season in the AHL to really work on his defensive game, um, and his skating. Like give him a session with Barb Underhill every weekend. Like get him skating better. He's not slow, but he's not nearly as fast as some of the fast guys in Toronto. I've uh, I've watched enough Bracco, and I'm not saying I'm right or that he's not going to be a really good player. The guy puts up a ton of points, but he doesn't really impress me. Like I don't feel like he drives play. And this is my opinion from what I've seen and what I've watched. He gets a lot of, I don't want to say they're secondary assists because at first he did, but he has a lot of primary ones too, primary points too. Um, he doesn't. I mean, obviously there was that crazy play in game three or four of the last round where he like circled the. D zone twice, but you're not doing that in the NHL. No. Uh, but he just makes a lot of plays where I'm like, I'm not like impressed. Like I'm not like, oh man, like very few people can make that play, or like you know I see a lot of like drop passes when he enters the zone. The guy takes a clapper and scores. Like you know stuff like that where I'm like, okay, like uh, like you deserve credit for making the play, but it's not a play where I'm like, oh that guy, watch out for that guy, right? Like, although I will say, I could be wrong. Yeah, but from it, what I've seen, this is what I've seen. I'm not sure he's ready yet, but I, I do think that he is he's going to make the league at some point. I don't know how good he's going to be. He reminds me a lot of Sam Gagne, where not the strongest skater on the power play. He's going to be Interesting. dangerous. Interesting comparison. And, and he's going to put in points from time to time, but I don't think that he has the rest of the game to be like a star. Um, but I do think that he has enough tools that someone could be like, oh, you know what? He's not going to get the chance in Toronto. Well, maybe I can get him yeah. for a little bit less than maybe he deserves. And he can, 
I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested in Bracco, and that's a guy that could be traded. Yep. Like to me, that's I think his yep. best value for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Because I don't think you really need another playmaker on the third line. Another small winger on the yeah, like and let's be real, if he's he's kind of like Sam, like you were talking about Gagne, if he's not playing in the top six and getting power play time, he's he, absolutely useless. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely useless. So, Can't kill penalties. Terrible defensively. Yeah, like Sam Gagne really slow. Was always a really good player on bad teams. Yeah, and when he was on, he was never really on good teams. But any team that was like not terrible, he was almost useless. Yeah, and unless then, he he's good on the power play. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's enough of the Leaf talk, I guess, for now. Hold on, before we do that, I should say one more thing. So, obviously, Babcock got his uh, assurance that he'll be back next year. Yeah, no surprise. Um, no, I didn't. Th- I wasn't I was, surprised by it either. I never assumed. I never thought he wouldn't be back. But the longer it took to give him the vote of confidence, the more I was like, I I wouldn't be shocked if he was fired either. Like I almost was at that point. But I expected him back, and now he's back. So no surprise. Just how Dubas handles everything. He, I'm such a fan of him. He he's just awesome. He's just awesome. <laughs> Uh, like, I don't, I don't even we'll know see. how to say it. I'm just I'm a huge fan of Kyle Dubas, and and because of so many things. First of all, he thinks five years ahead of everybody else. He's always has a plan, and it's a fluid plan, and he's ready to make a different a change on it at any time. He's thinking about where things are going to be, not where they are right now, and that's a huge problem with so much in in not just in the NHL but society in general. It's like everyone wants instant gratification right, right now. Right now is all that matters. Who cares about the future? Let's do something right now. Yep. Which is why you have people saying, "Let's trade Nylander and a first round pick and Bracco and Lily Green and get." Um, Ellis out of uh, uh, um, uh, Nashville. It's like he's 28 years old and he's about to start an eight-year contract that's going to pay him to 36 when he's already been injury prone. He's not that big. He's a good defenseman. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But you're getting a guy that's leaving his prime and starting a massive contract for a guy that hasn't entered his prime and has the sky's the limit potential. That's stupid because you're thinking of right now and not five years from now or four years from now or maybe even three years from now as a guy gets yeah. over 30. If How have, many players are over 30 well, right now in the NHL? The minority. Yeah, of course. Like, it's it's not assured to get past 32 in the NHL anymore. To play into your late 30s is almost unheard of. No, to play to mid-30s is not that common anymore. You know, there are some really good players that were great bottom six guys at the age of 25, 27. They hit 30 years old. They can't get a, you know, a tryout in preseason. Well, I think part of the problem, too, is, okay, you're, you have six years in the league. You're 30 years old. You're a third-pairing guy. Uh, I can pay you one and a half, two million dollars, or I could just bring up the 22-year-old who I feel has replaceable value for... 900,000 who am I going to pick yeah so I think that's I think it's something that might be addressed in the next CBA um, I was actually thinking about this too with the whole Marlowe situation so like part of the reason for the all the rules around 35 and older contracts was almost to like discourage people from signing veterans to long term deals and I wonder if that was a mistake by the PA you know, like almost like you should be looking out for your older players and and encouraging teams to sign them to long term deals that they can then be freed from. Like if I would be like, I want a five year deal, but I can, I don't yeah. know, I, I I don't know what the answer is, but I feel like it's kind of almost unfair almost that like we NFL have fans or, sitting here like yeah. I can't believe we have to deal with this garbage forty year old player at six million dollars for another year. He's wasting your like right and. I think it's yeah, a like bad even attitude if, for, if, if Marlowe retired, and Marlowe is the one cap bad contract that you can point to in the Leafs more than anybody, maybe Zaitsev, but I, I don't think it's that bad of a contract. But anyway, Marlowe's contract is the bad one on the Maple Leafs. Even if he retired this year, full cap hit. So you couldn't just be like, okay, he retired, good, we're done. Right. You still you know, have to give it away, and that means adding something. Okay, I got to trade you. Here's a third round pick, and you have to send me Marlo. a sixth rounder back or a seventh even, yeah. yeah, or nothing. 
you know, future well, considerations. I don't think you can send nothing. I think you have to swap something. I don't know exactly how NHL rules work, but I'm sure you have to exchange they something. They would just clear some contract. Yeah. Is what it is. Oh, like, absolutely. okay, yeah. Out of our, what how, is it, 40 contracts you're allowed 50, to have? 50. 50 contracts. Like, okay, this guy is our 50th contract. We really don't think he's going to be anything. Can you take him from us to clear up a contract? Yeah. Yep. Like that time, remember when Toronto traded like six guys for one guy and they were all AHL players? Yeah. Because they were just like, we had 50 or 48 contracts, and they are like, we need to not have t- this many contracts. Yeah, <laughs> we, we need too to many get contracts. We contracts. can't trade for anybody right now, because yeah. all we have is contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of GMs, as you were talking about Dubas, Ken Holland hired Edmonton. Any uh, immediate thoughts on that? Well, I don't know. I have mixed, strong mixed feelings about it. It just kind of seems like... You, you know, the big criticism that you have with the Edmonton Oilers with their management is like the old boys club. Yeah. So who do they go out and hire? An old boy. Yeah, that's my issue with it more and, than anything and else. I've not been impressed with Ken Holland over the last five years. Um, I thought that even last year, like, okay, wait, you gave Bernier how much money? You re-signed Green for how much money? You got Vanek? What are you doing? Rebuild. You're not a good team. Detroit sucks. They're not making the playoffs. Rebuild. And he's still hiring or or spending big money on all of these old guys. Trevor Daly? I don't have any problems with any of those real signings because he knew they weren't going to, like, push them into a level of actual, like, playoff contention. Like, Trevor Daly is not the make-or-break difference between ninth and 8th spot. Uh Green wanted to play there. You got to pay somebody, right? You have to hit the cap floor. Even overpaying Jonathan Bernier. Yeah, but they they weren't they weren't like trying to get to the cap floor. They were a cap ceiling team. Even Vanek, I think Vanek, I mean, I know this past year he had I think he signed a 2-year deal and might have even got a partial no move. And that was part of it just cuz he wanted to not get traded at the trade deadline for once. But that's why they signed him the last time was come in for a year, we're going to trade you, right? The same thing the Leafs had always done with some of their older veterans that they'd bring in for a year and or two and send them away for picks. Um, I don't know. I have no problem with the moves Ken Holland did, but he hasn't really done anything in the cap era where you're excited about the moves he's made. Um, I don't know. And the yeah. other thing I worry so about with Detroit, Detroit is with Detroit the Detroit was almost, they were right at the cap this year. They spent right to the cap. They weren't trying to get to the cap floor. And that's why I'm saying like he, he spent money almost because he thought, well, Larkin's a good player. Mantha's a good player. You know what? If we get this, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce the Greek sounding name guy on their team. Athanasiu? Yep. Athanasiu. I like Athanasiu. Andreas Athanasiu. I said it wrong. Like he, he's spending, he's, he's got a couple pieces. He's like, well, we're, we, we are the Detroit Red Wings. We make the playoffs every year. We're going to keep trying to make the playoffs. And at some point, every team needs to realize, look, we're declining. We need to start over. We need to draft. We need to get the pieces that are going to be our core for the next time we we jump up. And certain guys just get in love with their own legend, I think. And I feel like Ken Holland is a guy that's just had too much success. Like Brian Burke when he was in Toronto. He, the guy was in love with his his himself more than he was. Still is checked in reality. Still is. Um, yeah, and, and I I'm not really a fan of the of getting Holland. I thought you know Mark Hunter is going to get his chance. That's what I He's thought. He's the too. guy. Go for Mark Hunter. The guy is younger. He is proven to be a master at finding good talent. Like every year, the London Knights are a good team. Right, so he's good at finding fifteen-year-olds. I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm not saying he was a bad drafter for the Leafs. I just we don't know yet. Well, we know that he very much wanted Mitch Marner. Mm-hmm. The, he's he was one of the guys that really, and I I I, I imagine Dubis also was like, no, we're not getting Dylan Strome. We're gonna go for no Dylan Strome was picked. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we're not gonna get Hannafin. I don't know. I don't we're think Dubis was a part of Marner. It. I mean, I know like he was, but I he mean, I think room. it was a. Is obviously Hunter ran the draft room and yeah. Anyway, Lou was around. Anyway, let's the history. Um, the only issue I had with the whole press conference that Edmonton had was when Holland was talking about okay, so we have the core pieces, which is great. You got some good pieces on the back end, right? Um, but he 
No, they do. Like like the younger players, the, the players in their system. I don't know their names, but they've been Bouchard. Some, some Bouchard's going to be a good player, I think. But uh, Edmonton. But every team is like this. We have the. This are our best prospects, and these prospects are really good. It's like, no, they're your best prospects. It doesn't yeah. mean that they're good top prospects, and they're not. Right. Edmonton has Bouchard. That's it. Um, my, but my biggest issue was he was talking about how so you have the core pieces up front, right? You have three really good pieces in R&H, Dreisaitl and David. And he was talking about trying to find the pieces around them to fill the proper roles, right? They don't have to be studs. They just have to do their job. But you have all these contracts that are on the books and he wants to try to find these pieces. Well, the only way you can really find them is through the draft because you can, you can pick a couple of them up through free agency, but they can't sign any free agents right now. Uh, and I just worry about him trying to take too slow of an approach. And I guess you got time because Drysdale and McDavid are very young, 22 and 23 respectively. But I don't want to be wasting any years with these guys. How long is McDavid going to be like, you know what, I'm all right if we, after two years of trying to milk, milk this stone a little bit more, okay, now we're going to do a rebuild? Okay, well, you're going to rebuild around me? Okay, yeah, well, that's fine. I- I'm going to take the next four years now and be 29 years old before this team's going to be competitive. Yeah. Right now is the time where you can go to say to Connor McDavid, look, look, this other management team, Shirelli, sucked at their jobs. They did a really poor job. We're going to fix their mistakes, but we can't do it overnight. It's going to take three to four years before we're a team that's moving up. And with you and Drysidle, not even R&H, I would trade them. Because you're not a contender. You might make the playoffs at some point. Maybe you even win a round. But it's completely luck at that point and has nothing to do with you being a better team because this team has massive holes all over their lineup. They have five forwards up front that I think are NHL players. And the the, the whole front office is run poorly. Their player development is poor. Their scouting is poor. Nothing is going right in Edmonton. And getting a guy in there that's going to say, oh, we just got to find the right... Like, that no, is a no, perfect but, example but, of why I don't no, think he's a good thing. No, but he was thing. talking about taking a patient approach. That was That's my almost my issue. And I know you don't want to, like, rush stuff. But I'm sitting there with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, two of the top 10 players in the league, or 20 players at minimum, in my opinion. Um... You can't waste years, man. Like, it's kind of like how I feel about Toronto. Like, you can't just almost, like, throw in the towel on next year and be like, well, you know what, we won't upgrade because we'll still be good the next year. John Tavares is going to be 30 after that. Like, you got to use the time you have. I'm not saying to rush it, and I'm not saying to go do ridiculous, drastic moves. Edmonton rushed it, though. You can't be patient. You can't be patient on Edmonton. I'm not saying to go sign Lucic again. Well, no, and and I'm not... you got to be smart about it. Yes, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying rush it um, because I think rushing it is the reason right. why they're in the boat they're right. in right now because you see it all the time. And and Buffalo's a good example. They got Eichel and then, okay, we're going to sign all these guys and none of them work out. Or we're going to make these trades to get all these guys and nothing works out. And now St. Louis went on a spending spree and they got to the conference finals. I don't think they're going to beat San Jose. Yeah, they are. I don't we'll you know, talk about that we, next. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just think that that's going to create a desire and pressure from fan bases and owners that a lot of teams are going to be like, okay, off season comes, we're going to sign all of these guys that are free agents and everything. Skinner's going to get in a seven year, $10 million contract just because he's available and owners are going to be saying, you need to get him whatever it costs. And GMs are going to listen to their owners because if they don't, they're going to get fired and stupid decisions are going to be made and that are going to cost franchises everything. Like, if you sign Jeff Skinner to $9.5 million or $10 million, it might be okay for the first two years of that contract. But the last four or five, he's not going to be worth half that money. And you're going to be stuck with it. Yeah. Like Lucic. Yeah. Um, Edmonton did that. Okay, we got Connor McDavid. We got Dreisaitl. You know what? We need a big guy that can handle it. We're going to get Lucic. We're going to give him $6 because I know he's that good. He just scored 35 goals. Like, yeah, but he's not a good player. Any- like, he's he's a – I don't want to take anything away from his – away from him. But he was a good player when you didn't have to be fast to be in the NHL. 
Now that you need to be fast well, to keep also, up with he's it. He's also slower now. Yeah. It's not even that you didn't have to be fast. It's that he could keep up a little bit. Now he just can't even do that. Well, he was keep when when he was really good in Boston and LA. That was the, tighter, tighter league for sure, yeah. right? It's more wide open now. I, I get well, that, but I just mean in general, like he was still like six years younger. Like he was faster. Yeah, he was a faster player. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and, and and at the time, like I thought it was a good move, man. Like I thought Taylor Hall for Adam Larson and signing Lucic, I wish it we as were... a package. It made sense to me. Man, it looks so bad looking back. But at the time, it, it made sense to me. So so I'm an idiot, too, for believing in the move. Well, and, and I remember, um, the not last year, but the year before, I was sitting there talking to a buddy of mine who ended up becoming Chester the Troll. Um, but I told him and I told a couple of other friends, I'm like, you know what? Edmonton's not going to make the playoffs. This is after they went to the conference semifinals and almost beat Anaheim to go to the oh, final. Oh, two years ago, yeah, yeah. yeah. And everyone, a lot of people, like Should have big been hockey people, were saying, oh, Edmonton's, they're, they're the clear-cut favorites to win the West this year. Mm-hmm. And I saw them in the preseason a couple times. I started looking at their lineup, and I was like, whew, they are slow. What are you talking about? Connor McDavid's the fastest guy in the league. I'm like, yeah, he's fast. Uh, Drysaddle's got okay speed, but he's not fast. He's not a burner by any means. No, and they're they're old in a lot of places. They're slow everywhere outside of McDavid. Um, they're not, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And he, I was told uh, that I was an idiot for saying that because how could you say that this team was ready to win the cup? They could win the cup. I'm like, I don't think they're going to make playoffs. Mm-hmm. No one believed me. And I was right. Mm-hmm. And speed is everything, and they just didn't get it. So it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have much faith in Ken Holland. I feel like Edmonton just did the same thing that they've always done. And I think it's going to cost them Connor McDavid. Because I think two years from now, when when they're still spinning the tires, thinking, oh, well, we, uh, we just signed... You know, Brett Connolly from Washington, and he did pretty good there. Why aren't we a better team now? Uh, Sakura is uh, healthy now, so why aren't we a better team? We just gave $4 million to this backup goalie, and he's not winning <laughs> 60 games this year. I don't know understand. <laughs> that was the weirdest move. Yeah, it's like just it's, it's a team and a franchise that are run by guys that I think think way too much of the old days and don't understand where it's going. And Holland doesn't strike me as a guy that really understands where the league is going. So I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I think he's not going anywhere. Right. I think it's going to cost him McDavid. He's going to demand a trade in two years. I don't think McDavid will ever demand a trade. But it just doesn't seem like that kind of person. If they don't At least it won't the, be public. It won't be public anyway. No, but it'll come out. Uh, if they don't make would, the playoffs after two more trade. seasons... Uh, yeah, no, and that's my fear, right? You can't waste time with these players. These players are too good to waste years. But I think you could say to McDavid and Dreisaitl, say, okay, guys, the management team has screwed up everything. It is a disaster. Right. You need to give me this year. like if you Not even course, this year, but the next year. I don't know if you can sell them on that. I wouldn't even try to sell them on that. Give me say, two years. Say, Look, you, you're going to do everything you can to carry this team to the playoffs next year. Uh, there's not a whole lot I can do to help you. I'm going to do what I can. Uh, but you got to give me a, a minimum year for me to make real changes around here. And I would say two. I would say two. And then after that second as year, we're going to have some young guys that we're going to draft and have yeah. started developing, and they're going to be coming up, and there's going to be an excitement level and, and yeah. depth. As long as I see a progression. That's what they need. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, so you go into next uh, the draft with what you got. If you can make a couple of moves, okay, so it doesn't change the team drastically, but you look a little different. Okay, now you got to do what you can. It's going to be very similar to the season we just had a year ago. Try to make the playoffs by being the best player. If it works, great. If it doesn't, all right, let's see where we can go from here. And then you can make a couple more moves. Then the team's going to look, you know, 20% different at that point. Yeah. 25% different. This is when you can say, okay, I've done what I can to try to help you out. Um, now we're let, now we're a team on the let's rise. Take, let's take the next step. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you need that because I... Th- I kind of just get the feeling that they're going to be like, oh, we're going to find roles that are going to, we're going to fit guys in these round pegs into square holes and, and it's all going to work out. And and every single year it's like, okay, well, these pieces didn't work. Yeah. So we're going to try it again. And we're going to, kind of like how Benning keeps signing 
fourth liners thinking yeah. they're going to be good play. I don't I don't get it. It's just a bunch of moves for the sake of making moves, thinking it's going to work out, and we're going to, you know, money ball this with all these cheap right. things like I don't uh, know. I'm not. I'm not Ty Ratty. Like Rat. Oh, he was so good. He's this guy's going to score sixty points, and we got him <laughs> on an entry level contract. Oh, oh, and he's not even on the team. Ten. I even called that. Like he, well, he yeah. scored like some like fourteen points in six games in the in the preseason. Ratty. And everyone's like, he f- awesome. Like we got a guy playing with McDavid. It's gonna be great. I'm like, he's not even gonna last ten games. He didn't. Well, yeah. I think he played more than ten games, but he wasn't with McDavid for ten because he's just not. Isn't an it NHL Yamamoto? Player. He's another guy that is. But it, Yamamoto was, and anyway. Pulviari, both guys that yeah, Pulviari. Anyway, so let's not talk about everything all, right. all day. We'll move on. Um, some moves will be made by the trade draft. Um, all right, so playoffs. Playoffs. Took 38 minutes, 35 minutes, but we're at the playoffs now. Yep. Good second Start round. in the East because the East is about to start, too. So it's 7.23 right now in the p.m. on Thursday, April the 9th, May the 9th, May 9th. Boston is about to host Carolina in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final. Boston has not played in two days. Carolina has not played in about a week. Almost. Not quite. I think it's six days. I could be wrong on that. Um, who do you like? Well, so Carolina, I, I find them to be a team. So remember looking back when we did the preview of the Eastern Conference playoffs, mm-hmm. and I did have Washington beating Carolina in five games, and I felt terrible about that because I didn't feel confident about it. I said I looked at the teams. Washington has a deadly power play. They're good on the penalty kill. Five on five, they're not a good team. They were actually statistically the worst team at five on five that made the playoffs. And they're playing statistically the best team at five on five that made the playoffs Yeah, uh, in Carolina. So I thought if Carolina stayed at the penalty box, which they did in the last three games, which they won three in a row because they were down. Weren't they down three? No, it was home, 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 home. Carolina won game seven. Everybody okay, went at home. Anyway. Yeah. But I just didn't think that they were going to – I just felt bi- it was a matchup that was perfectly primed for a uh, an upset. for an upset and, and it ended up happening. Yeah. And then the second round against the Islanders, I thought the Islanders had, uh, you know, a good first round. They, they just got Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh was just – it was primed to just get knocked in the first round. Like, they have – I look at their lineup. They have Kessel, they have Crosby, they have Getzel's pretty good. I think he's overrated though because he plays the got forty goals though. He playing with Crosby. No uh, one gets that many goals playing with Crosby. Uh, well, it's an argument for another day, but yeah, but he like Getzel's good. I'm not saying he's yeah, not I know, good. I know, but just but, I mean Crosby has never been able to have a consistent line mate outside of Chris Kunitz, and Kunitz never put up those numbers. No, Malkin also a good player. Um, Latang's good, Schultz is good, but beyond that, they got a whole bunch of marginal NHL players that are that are just. I just don't think they're. They lost a lot of speed because they traded it away. They aren't as fast as they used to be. They're tired. I found. I didn't really think that they, they were, were the team. They were very tired. Yeah, that they were before. So so it was primed. I didn't expect them to get swept. No. But and, and the Islanders aren't. I didn't think we're. Their luck was going to run out at yeah. some point, and the Carolina it did. They yeah yeah they they were the second better team. team ever though to sweep and then get swept. Yep, ninety three Buffalo Sabers. But now what I will say, New York Islanders, is now that they're taking on Boston, Carolina is definitely not having the advantages they've had against other teams. They have been the best five-on-five team by a landslide in the two rounds they've taken on. Um, Now they're playing a team that is right there, either right behind them, like if they're first, they're second, Mm -hmm. or they're ahead of them in every five-on-five metric. Well, Boston also doesn't get penalties. You can, you know, they're allowed to step on people's sticks and break them in the face-off circle. Yeah. They can... uh, you know, hit people in the head, and the other guy somehow gets a penalty. But it doesn't really matter. Um, Carolina doesn't have a good power play. Their uh, penalty kill isn't all that great. So if penalties start getting called, whew, that's dangerous because the Boston 
power play is deadly. Mm-hmm. And if if it doesn't get called and it's five on five, I just think that Marchand and Bergeron and Pasternak are better than the best in in Carolina. Without question. Yeah. I don't even think that's really a question. And I, I don't think know. Alho's pretty freaking good, though. He's good. Yeah, for sure. But I just think Teravainen's that... Tara pretty good. You're right, though. If you've put up the top three... It, so your top three are what? Alho, Tara Vinen, Nita Ryder. Uh, those would probably be my maybe? top three. Yeah. On their forward ranks. Yeah, you got Svetch, you got Stahl, you got... You know, there's other pieces, but I think those would be my three. And yeah, it's going to be a I'd good take Marchand past and Bergeron yeah. every time. I don't think that anyone's going to come out and be like, "Oh wow, you know, Boston just absolutely wiped the no, floor." No, this them. is going to be a like, like Carolina's a bring your lunch pill to work type of team, right? It's going like, to be a six game series, but I think I just think that Boston nullifies all the advantages they have, and then the advantages that Boston has are too great to overcome for Carolina. Uh, Boston definitely has the advantage in goal. Yep. And that's a and, huge piece. And I think that's where it is. And I don't really necessarily believe that because Morazic and McElhinney have both been unreal. But if I had to trust any of those three goalies that are in the series, it's going to be Tuka Rask. Um, the one thing about Tuka Rask, if he has a bad game, I expect him to bounce back. If McElhinney has yeah. a bad game, is he going to bounce back? If Is Morazic even going to be able to play? Sounds like he should from everything yeah. I've seen. I don't know so, if he'll be ready tomorrow for game one or not. It just seems like, for me, Carolina, your Cinderella story is going to come to an tomorrow. end. It's it's over. Um, I think anyways, in as much as I don't want Boston to win because I think Brad Marchand is a dick and he really should get punished by the gods of yeah. hockey for that He should get fined nonsense. a lot more. He really should. and get. He doesn't have to get suspended. He should get fined, just like all more. the time. Yeah. Just like, I don't know, I didn't like the way you looked at the camera today. You're fined. 5000 <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I hate that guy. Yeah. Such a good player. Um, Such a good player, but you can't, you just hate him. Yeah. And I guess that's a good thing for the league. I mean, yeah. you got to have people you hate. You got to, right? Like, everyone hated Ovechkin for a long time, and that's what built up the Crosby-OV rivalry, like, aside from the first. Anyway, they need bad guys. He's a good one. He's a, a a good bad guy. Anyway, I think St. Louis is gonna get pounded. No, St. Louis is gonna win the cup, man. No, man. That's a, they're they're it. They've been the best team since January first, and it's not gonna stop now. Uh, well, I think it will. Um, I think because, and I was reading an article today, talking about San Jose, and the the the, ar- the author was mentioning that. P.S. I also would pick Boston to win. I didn't actually make a pick, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna pick Carolina. <laughs> Emotions in seven. This guy Justin making- Williams is going to get a hat trick in Game Seven to send Capitals car- Hurricanes. I don't even know who I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> the Capitals are going to the Stanley Cup Final. He used to play for them too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Capitals going against the uh, the St. Louis Blues and and the Stanley Cup there Final. Uh, Colzig's in net. <laughs> mm. Olaf. Yeah. Roman Turks in net for St. Louis. Too. Yeah. Oh man, taking a shot off the mask that goes in the net, and his whole career's over. No, that was Tommy Salo. Oh, was it? Yes. Didn't it happen to Turk as well? I don't remember that. I don't, I don't know. know. Roman Turk had the coolest mask. He had like a, I don't remember. It was like an Iron Maiden dude, and he had the tongue hanging out. I thought it was so cool. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, that was really cool. It was back when Chris Pronger was on the team. Chris I like Pronger, that. Chris Pronger, Al McInnes, Roman Turk. Yeah, it's a good team. Um, yeah, no, I St. Louis rematch of the 2016 conference final. <laughs> really, San Jose versus St. Louis. Right. So here's the thing: goaltending definitely is in the favor of St. Louis. Definitely, that is the only thing that and is in St. Louis's favor. I don't even know about that. Martin Jones has been pretty good since Game Four. He's of been the first good round. enough all season. No, but he was terrible. You watch the first three games of that Vegas series. He's he was awful. Like, yeah. he wasn't any good. Yeah, since about game that double overtime game, it's been he's pretty been good. good. Yeah, he's made good. the saves when he need him, and uh, I just think that I I just don't know. How, how, St. Louis doesn't score a lot. Um, uh, they they're not enough. that fast. Tyler Bozak, man. <laughs> they're not fast, and they're playing a fast highly skilled team that comes at you in waves that I think talent-wise is just so superior to St. Louis. And I think Biddington Biddington has to steal this. I that disagree. is the only I chance totally that St. Disagree. Louis has. Totally disagree. I think, um, okay, so 
you match them up at at positions, and I think up front they're very comparable. Yeah, I don't know. And and who's the best? Who's the best forward up front on either team? Probably Ryan O'Reilly. Really, I thought you'd go with Tereschenko. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry, my bad. But and then I would say Logan Couture. Logan, nah, I honestly, if I had to pick right now, and I don't think I, I definitely wouldn't have said this three weeks ago, I might take Thomas Hurdle as the top forward off San Jose. He's very good. He's having a great playoff, but I think Logan Couture is their number one center. He's fantastic. He's out, He's leading the playoffs, I think, in points right now. I believe him and Hurdle are tied for the team lead. Okay, and they've played more games, but but still, like their offensive powerhouses. Uh, LeBlanc's played great. Yeah, they're Myers played great. Patrick Kane or not Patrick Kane? Evander, uh, Evander Kane's been good. Joe Thornton's always yeah, he exists. He, man, does he ever look? I, I was watching him last night, and I'm like. Holy crap! He's way faster than he's looked before. I think he's and just a little bit energized. He's, he is. He's, a, he, he's on the adrenaline right he now. He sees it right now. There's no Pittsburgh. There's no Washington. There's not any of these teams that normally are standing in his this way to win the cup. Last this this chance, could be it. Man. And and this I think that's an important chance. thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, but come on, like Brent Carlson's Burns, not coming Carlson, back. Yeah, like Pavelski's uh, thirty-five. Uh, yeah, like this team is not sticking together. He's this is it. Forty, yeah, yeah. This, this is, is it. it, and and it's I don't know. I just when I was watching them last night, um, Colorado was a better team than I thought they were. They um, really sucked in the regular season, but they're a good team. Colorado, just to go back to an earlier talking point, a great model for Edmonton. I don't know because they didn't have bad contracts that you can't move. No, I just mean the way you have one line carry your team. And then you just need to find everyone else to be good enough. This is what Edmonton is trying to find. Well, this is in all that, they're trying to do, right? And you know what? You well, look at Colorado's also going to be way better next year. Like, look at McCarr, and then you're going to get the fourth overall pick. Like, yeah, they're going to get better. They're going to be. But for this specific season, I think this is how Edmonton has to kind of look to build their team. You Edmonton, Ken Holland, if you're listening, which you probably are, because we're super popular. Yes. Um, all I can say is if you're going to make a move that's going to cut salary at all, make sure you're getting the fastest player out of the deal. That's the only thing you should worry about because speed is a great equalizer in the NHL. If you can just outskate people, yeah. you don't have to be better than them. You won't score lots. Look at, well, Boston's not even a perfect example of it because they're not that fast, but no. they're faster than average on their bottom three lines. Not when you had like Bacchus and Coyle. And well, Bacchus was a healthy scratch, scratch a lot. Coyle's a pretty good player, though. Yeah, but he's not fast. I'm no. Just, I, you said fast. Anyway, sorry, but I took this back. Montreal was not a team. That they, they were better than right. anyone expected, but they were a fast Faster team. team. Yes, so they, you can get to the puck quicker. You can make plays. You won't get, you won't score a lot, but you can prevent a lot you of goals have puck if you have more. the puck more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, just get the, fast, guys. Back to the playoffs. Yeah. Sorry. Um, that was my fault. It sounds like he's going to win. Yeah, I don't think so. I think um I think again emotion. I, no, Emotions. No, no, honestly, I think St. Louis has actually been the best team, like I said, since well, not like I said. They have been since the beginning of the year, the calendar year. Um Bennington's been unreal. Uh Petrangelo and Pareco, I think, are fantastic defensemen that I would put up. They're not gonna put up the points that Carlson and Burns are, but in terms of overall talent, I'm totally fine with I'd actually almost prefer Petrangelo and Preku because they're going to do a better job of keeping the puck out of my net, in my opinion. Um, up front, I think they're they're almost deadlocked. Like, see, I just don't see that. Like, like Tereschenko, O'Reilly, and Schwartz, are and great. Tereschenko, Schwartz is I'm going to put that line up against their top line all day, every day. I'm fine with it. Uh, you look at their second line when you go to like Braden Shen and Perron. Like, they're not going to. They're not amazing, but they can score. They can score. Like Perron scores some big goals in these playoffs. They're going to be chasing um, the puck the whole game. I don't think so. I, I also like don't Dallas feel like wasn't a fast team. San Jose's not a fast team. Like San Jose like is a fast team. Anyway, you got Timo Meyer. You got uh, LeBlanc. Melko Carlson. Couture LeBlanc. is fast. Pavelski yeah, I is call fast. Couture fast. Their defense is fast. Like Couture is fast. He's faster than average. He, and, but he's so talented that it doesn't matter. It's like Tavares. Bomeister and Vlasic are like a write-off to me too. Oh, Bomeister. Well, no. Vlasic is still a lot better than Bomeister at this point. I couldn't believe he scored two goals in that game six. What a bum. <laughs> Freaking Vlasic. 
Yeah, I was surprised. His foot speed looked pretty good in the playoffs so far. But, um, yeah, I just think that the speed that uh, San, San Jose is faster than average, and I think St. Louis is slower than average. This and is I think kind that of, that's going to be the point. Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of what I can foresee happening. So I'm picking St. Louis to win the Cup. That's who I have left. That wasn't by emotion. That's who I actually picked at the second round. Um, but after the first round when I got everything wrong. So Yeah, me too. But um, I think that San Jose and St. Louis seems much more evenly matched on paper compared to Boston and Carolina. And I can see Boston winning in five. I'm not predicting that, but I can see that. And them sitting there watching St. Louis, San Jose go to seven, and then just whoever wins that not having anything left in the tank to play the Bruins. I don't know, because I just feel like, um, well, especially if it's San Jose against um, Boston, I see when you have Burns and you have Vlasic and you have um, Eric Carlson, um, and then the power you do have up front with San Jose, I just think that you can be forcing the best players in Boston to chase the puck the whole game. And that that that's that works. Yeah. We saw it. Toronto did it a couple of times and they yeah, won those games. They did. And if you get their best players chasing around faster players or, or just guys with the puck all the time and moving the puck quick, then who is the bottom three lines of Boston going to beat the bottom three lines of most teams in the NHL? Probably not. No. And and that's where, and, and when I look at St. Louis, I think Braden Shen is massively overrated. I think that he needs to have top-level players for him to be good. I think that he's probably on a very good team. Well, maybe not. If he has good, good line mates, he could be a first-line center or a second-line center. Alex Steen? I still like Alex Steen. Robbie Fabry? I haven't seen the best of Fabry because he keeps getting hurt. Well, it's, there is no best. What? Robbie Fabry's a great player. Oh, whatever. Ex Guelph Storm. Side 2 to 2 with go. Ottawa, handed the 67th to their first two losses of the playoffs. San Jose's going to win the cup. San Jose's going to win the cup. St. Louis is going to win the cup. San Jose. And the well, Guelph Storm are going to win the Memorial guys. Cup. And the Toronto Raptors are going to win the NBA title. And Fedor Gordiev from Toronto. Guelph. Well, he's from Toronto, but he plays for the Guelph Storm. Yeah. He's going to win the Memorial Cup. Yeah. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to score 78 points in the in the tournament for the Memorial Cup. Set a new record. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. Guelph Storm. It's my home team. Nick Suzuki, man. You got to lead the way. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in another time. I'm Jeff. That's Logan. This is the SBP. You. Thanks for listening to the Sean Bean Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Sean Bean Pod. Ba 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 